1: You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to Nerd Wallet's Smart Money podcast wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Hi, I'm food editor Aaron Bookie, and I host our food podcast at the Dallas Morning News called Eat, Drink, DFW. Each week, we're dropping a segment of the show right here in this feed. If you want to hear the full show and make sure you never miss an episode, then just search for Eat, Drink, DFW wherever you get your podcasts also find links for it at dallasnews.com slash listen. Happy eating. Welcome back, everyone. Be sure to go to dallasnews.com slash food after this for information on our show and lots of food and drink stories. And you can always share your thoughts with us at eatdrink at dallasnews.com. Later on, we'll be talking about all the fun listener mail we get. But right now, I'm joined by food writers Sarah Blaskovich and Claire Baller to chat with Sam Guzman. Hi, Sam. Hey, how's hey, it going? Hey, welcome. So tell us a little bit about yourself. So I grew up in Grand Prairie. Oh, um, yeah. Hi. Cool.
2: <laughs> <laughs> You're local. Cool. Yeah. So my parents originally immigrated to New York from the Dominican Republic. And then we moved to Grand Prairie when I was around eight years old. So a lot of the foods I remember growing up with were traditional Dominican food. Rice and beans, plantains. We eat a lot of plantains. Yummy. Tostones, mango. Tostones are like little chips that you fry of plantains. And then mangoo is mashed plantains with lots of butter. It's cool. like the mashed potatoes of the plantain world. And you <laughs> eat them for breakfast. Mm, so better. Heavy meats <laughs> and cheese. <laughs> it's a very starch rich diet, uh, is what I grew up eating. Did your parents cook at home? Oh, yeah, totally. Like, I never grew up really going out to eat. That was like a special treat. So, we ate at home most days, and whatever we ate, rice was always the side. Even if like lasagna, <laughs> yeah, right? Oh, I love that. <laughs> with, with the side. And then if we had something like special, we would go out to eat. Or my dad loved to like sneak us on a McDonald's run with we oh. were kids.
3: How do you think growing up and eating those specific foods informs how you cook at home?
2: That is really funny um, because I do not usually cook those foods at home. To me, they feel very special. Like my mom makes it better than I do. Yeah. So I don't cook a lot of rice and beans, I call my mom and I'm like, hey, why don't you come over (laughs) and cook some rice and beans? They're very like comfort foods to me. Yeah. Not like everyday foods. And I definitely eat out a lot more as an adult. So I guess I'm rebelling against all of the food habits they tried to instill in me.
3: (laughs) I think that's generational too. I also did not grow up eating in restaurants. It was expensive and it was sort of excessive seeming or so my parents instilled in me as I was growing Mm -hmm. up. You know, now I'm a food writer, and we're all like in the food world, but we take our children to restaurants like a couple times a week.
0: It's just a different relationship with restaurants. It really is. I was just talking about this with my husband over the weekend because we decided on a whim after church, like, oh, hey, let's go on a little outing. Let's go to this diner nearby. It's called Lily's Cafe. It's actually um, it's Guatemalan, but they have also French toast and stuff like that for kids. And it's probably because I got the whole like Guatemalan plate with like the plantains mm. and skirt steak and stuff like that. But it was pretty pricey, you know. Mm. And so afterward, my husband and I were like, man, you know, when we were kids, we just ate at home. And so where do you like to go out to eat now in Dallas? So I recently moved back to Dallas
2: because I was in Austin for the past four years um, and I'm living in a different neighborhood because I used to live downtown and now I'm living in Oak Cliff. Now I'm like post pandemic and I have a newborn, well not newborn, a six month old baby and so we've (laughs) been pretty cautious like it's not like we're hitting up all the spots. But I do like to frequent Oddfellows for like a breakfast run and they have a nice little outside area so you can stroll up with your stroller. There's this place that my mom, when she comes to watch my son, has been like stopping and bringing me breakfast burritos from. Um, I think it's called El Tapatillo. Real good breakfast burritos, tacos, whatever Chorizo, eggs, cheese blend is good in there. I like that mom found it.
3: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, you know, you
2: work for the people who know. And then
3: your mom is like, haven't you heard of this great breakfast (laughs) taco? She
2: wins. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. But funny enough, as much as I sort of haven't been cooking and going out to eat, now that my son has been trying new foods, I've been trying to cook more and blend up whatever I eat and feed it to him. So really been eating at home a lot more than I have the past couple of years.
0: So congratulations on being a new mom. We've Thank all you. been there. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, Claire, more recently yeah. than yeah. the rest Still, of us, <laughs> Yeah. Still very tired. Still in the weeds. <laughs> um, we all kind of remember what it was like to be a new mom and also like trying to feed ourselves while feeding a baby. So how, how do you do that? Or do you? <laughs> yes. Or do you? <laughs> or you just choose to sleep? Because that's
2: what I used to do. Oh my gosh, I choose to sleep a lot. So I'm trying this method of just making a little bit of what I'm eating and like blending it. I've been very lucky that it seems like whatever I feed him, he eats. Oh yeah. This morning, for example, I had oatmeal with bananas. And so trying to mash up the bananas and then give him some and then freezing extra, that seems to be working so far, fingers
0: crossed that it (laughs) continues to work. Yeah, that's pretty brilliant, because it usually ends up the other way around. Like, the mom ends up eating whatever the kid is eating. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know, like, I've eaten a lot of baby food in my life. Like, just, (laughs) you know, scarfing down one of those, like, little
1: pouches.
3: (laughs) Or, like, you go and you order the chicken fingers and the fries, and they only eat one of them. And you're like, well, I paid for that. Yeah. So, although I also got myself a whatever... Dad and I are both having a chicken finger, darn it, because we (laughs) bought those. Yes. So stupid. I
0: know. Yeah. We do the same thing. So, Sam, have you taken your baby out to restaurants? So I've taken him out to
2: um, restaurants where there's a patio situation. Oh, right. I'm excited to try inside a restaurant now that he just got his first COVID vaccine, but I have taken him out to a patio so he can scream and cry <laughs> as loud as he wants <laughs> and it's not as
1: bad.
3: You just pick the places with like the music that's on medium, not on low. Right. Yeah. And then there's music and like, yeah, there's a kid saying something over there, but nobody's paying attention. Right.
2: Exactly. When we're entering
4: yeah. patio season, which is a great time for parents with small children. Like, Holiday. Yeah. (laughs) My husband and I frequently take our a year and a half old son, to Good Friend Package and Good Friend Beer Garden in East Dallas, we usually now these days we have about like mm, 20, 25 minutes that we can all be sitting down together. Mm. And then it's like he turns into a pumpkin, you know, and it's (laughs) um, time to go wander the parking lot for a bit. But it's great to be in a patio space where you can like feel like you're not bothering anyone else. Do you find that there are a lot of those
2: places around you? Definitely, because I can walk 10 minutes and be, you know, in the Bishop Arts District. I'm very lucky. I've heard this is the sweet Spot where he can sit up and do stuff, but he can't escape me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I can keep him in the stroller pretty much or take him out and he doesn't run away and try to find a new family
4: just yet. I'm going to ask you what are your thoughts on Austin's food scene versus the Dallas food scene? Oh, wow.
2: And you know, I feel like I'm gonna piss off anybody. It's, it's okay. We do I it every this, every week. This question. <laughs> um, you know, people love Austin. They talk a big game. I think what's unique about Austin's food scene is that there's a lot of mobile food places, right? A lot of food mm-hmm. trucks, a lot of trailers, right? Where you can get sort of these like niche items and you're like, oh, the best churro, oh, the best plate of pasta. But I think Dallas's food scene handles up and and has its own sort of great mix of stuff. And I think the difference between Austin and Dallas is that Austin is very concentrated into just like what exists in Austin. Whereas Dallas, you have all these other cities, right? Like Richardson and all these places that no shade to Austin (laughs) hasn't sort of like watered down the food into a way that it's just sort of like landless and acceptable. <laughs> so lots of good food in Austin, but I feel like also lots of great food in Dallas.
0: That's a really good point about Austin and like the food trucks and, and mobile stuff with the niche items. Cause I, I feel like we are kind of missing that here. Mm-hmm.
3: Like, yes. And I think that some really wonderful food concepts have started with a low key, inexpensive, mm-hmm. I'm not going to say it's easy to get a food truck or a permit, but it's It's a great entry point. And with as many restaurants in this state and beyond that start and fail quickly, seems to me, if you're going to start a restaurant, maybe start it with lower stakes. And then some of those places become these gorgeous restaurants. Some of them don't. Some of them are always destined to be in a food truck park. Some of them live for a couple of years and then the owner decides they want to do something else. The opportunity there seems so smart to me and Dallas's food truck laws have not caught up. I'd have to
0: agree with that. I definitely look forward to, to Dallas kind of expanding that. because I also, hold your breath, though. Yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> I know. Um, because I also like a limited menu, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Someone like me, I'm very overwhelmed. I think a lot of other people are, too. But, you know, by the Cheesecake Factory approach to things, you know, where yeah. you can yeah. get something of everything. But, yeah. but like a churro truck. Oh, my gosh. I would chase a churro truck like wherever. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. Here's, here's the other thing I will say about that. Austin, as much as they have sort of marketed themselves as like, we're weird. They haven't been weird for a long time. And Mm -hmm. everything there is totally a scene. Like, you can't just stroll into a restaurant and be like, "Oh, I want to grab something. No, it's like, okay, do you have three hours to wait? You know, like, everything is really like, people are trying to create this vibe. And there's like, lines, right? Like, there is something about Dallas that feels a little bit less like, pressure. You know, I feel okay going to Waterburger and getting some chicken tenders in Dallas. Like I don't feel okay doing that in Austin because I <laughs> oh, feel like judged. people <laughs> want you to have really particular taste and feel like your food is at a certain level because Austin's food scene is so great. So I think uh, it's cool to be uncool in Dallas. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> I like
2: Sad.
4: that. Have you been to Loro here in Dallas? I have not. Okay. So Every time I've been to the Loro in Austin, I've had to wait a significant amount of time. I have never waited once to go to Loro here. Same, Claire.
2: Exactly the same. Yes. It's really funny. I don't know what's behind that. And it's so funny because I've been to it in Austin because I felt like I I need to to go. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Whereas here, I'm like, oh.
3: OK, cool. I'll, I'll get there. You're probably like, well, I went to the first one and I waited like a good Austinite. Do right. I have to go to another one?
2: Right. Exactly. Yeah, I held yeah.
3: off on going to the first
4: one that opened in Dallas for a while because I was like, oh, I don't want to deal with the lines and stuff. And no, it's steady. They have steady business, but there's just not this whole big to do about it. Yep. If there is an Austin.
0: That's an interesting perspective. I guess maybe Dallas has so much choice and you can drive around. If one place is packed, like we will just not wait in a line. <laughs> like we drive up somewhere and we're like, "No. <laughs> How long's the wait? 45 minutes? No. Is there
2: any place in Austin that you do really miss?" Yes. Yeah, so Um, I used to live by Easy Tiger, one of their Uh locations. Mm. I feel like I hit that place up all the time. One, because they have such a great patio. And two, because they check off all of the boxes on the things I love to eat. Like I could go stroll and get a cookie. I could get a great sandwich, a pretzel, pretzel, right? Oh, the pretzel.
3: Sam, Um, do you ever wonder if like after you left, if somebody or several people there were like, you know, that lady with the brown curly hair, I wonder where she is. (laughs) Like, I want to believe for you and for anybody who's ever frequented a place and then stopped doing that, that they miss you.
0: (sighs) I hope they miss me. I'm sure they do. So Sam, if people want to read what you've been up to, where can they find your work?
2: They can find Arts Access Stories at dallasnews.com
0: slash access. Thanks, everyone. Stick around. Up next, we're going to check into our listener email.
2: Eat, Drink, DFW from the Dallas Morning News is made possible by Central Market. Spoken Layer
1: Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you.